1: I want winners. I want people that want to win.
2: Rod, before we even get into breaking down this game, I want to tell 49er fans we're we're going to get through this. This this might be a little bit of a of a therapeutic session. This might be therapy. But when you lose a game uh, like the way that they did after you know, we haven't been used to this in, in quite a while, you know, l- losing these football games. It was going to happen. We talked about the possibility of, of the trappish kind of game this week. Uh, the Browns are tough. They were playing with a quarterback that most remember fondly from the U-, U uh the XFL, actually Vince McMahon, when he brought it back, PJ Walker was one of the best players in the XFL. That's sort of what people remember him from, but You know, there's like there's a lot of things when you do a podcast, you're looking for things to be critical about. You're looking for things to break down. You're looking for things to have conversations about. And when the team is just winning, you know, that that is fun, too. But when you actually have a bad game, it gives us some stuff to kind of break down and go, okay, maybe this wasn't exactly as perfect as we thought. So this is going to be a hard one to sit through, to get through. It was a hard one to watch, but I think when we come out of this on the other side of this, uh, of this hour, hopefully people will feel a little bit better about what they saw. Uh, and I'm going to start with you. We're, we're going to start with Brock. And, and this is not to say the game was absolutely 100% Brock. So there was a lot of things that went wrong today, but I think two things are going to be equally true. So do not 49er fans do not fall for the trap because this was a Steven Ruiz game. He, he's, he's going to write his quarterback rankings, and Brock is probably going to be lower than he was, and 49 fans are going to get all mad. That's just a trap. That's just, that's just content. That's just hot takes. Here's the thing about Brock. Two things can be equally true. He has had a tremendous beginning to his NFL career, and he played like absolute ass today. Those things can be equally true because Brock played like ass today does not take away how great he's played already. So I'm going to tell you guys now you're going to see it. People are going to troll the Niners, especially after last Sunday night where they beat the bumps off the Cowboys riding high. Now, now you're, you know, you're, you're, you're on the perch. The only place you can go, is 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 a step or two down. So that's where we are today. Just don't fall for the goofiness that is going to be all of this week in, in NFL hot takes. Uh but Rod, let's start with Brock because you have not been rah rah Brock is the greatest since Joe Montana. I've I love I love what we've seen from him, but I haven't been like the, you know, is is, is Brock the next big thing like we still have to see it we we are wise enough in this nfl game to see people who have played well and then you know something happens and, and then maybe you know you you call some things into question so let's analyze brock first and then we'll go from there because i have a ton i wrote so many notes down but they're all my notes are almost like hypothetical questions in, in a sense like, i don't even know if they're answerable but let's start with brock this is the first real adversity he's had to face in, in where whatever he's doing, whatever Kyle's calling, absolutely nothing is working. And he came back on the last drive to kind of redeem himself a little bit to put the to put it in the hands of uh, uh of Jake Moody, unfortunately. But this is real, this is kind of the test that you wanted to see him have. And that second half was brutal, and I saw some things that we haven't seen from him in his young
1: career so far. Well, first of all, it was clear to me at least early on, I mean, I'm no genius, but it was clear to me that Kyle knew what he was facing in that front of the Cleveland Browns, and he did not want them teeing off on Brock and being able to just, you know, pin their ears back and rush him. So the game plan was to kind of protect him, run the ball, and um, put him in situations where he didn't have that pass rush. But even in that, that number 94 was just eating Spencer Burford's lunch (laughs) Several times when you saw what you, you rarely see, I've only seen it a couple of times and, and, and several of those times were in 49er training camp where Miles Garrett gets into Trent's chest and just puts a uh, steering wheel on him and drives him where he wants him to go. You People just don't do Nick and Miles Garrett are probably the only two people in the league that can really, and maybe TJ White that can, that can do that um, where it's a, it's a, it's a toss up battle. It was it crazy to watch. So it it looked from the beginning. It, Kyle knew that that was the the um, situation we were in. That if Brock is dropping back forty times, it's probably gonna it's gonna be a problem. Um, and we that first drive was great, and then it wasn't, and then <laughs> we couldn't hang on to the we couldn't grip the ball. All of a sudden, and yeah. it, it just it was a nightmare which again what i've been saying all along i you know when we have these elite conversations and all of that the thought that this is just this guy's career is just going to be a um a straight ascension line to the hall of fame is ridiculous he's going to have these type of games yeah absolutely so <laughs> i don't see it as a referendum on brock But again, I wasn't, like you outlined, I wasn't the one that was saying that this dude was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the one saying he was an all-pro. So when he performs like this, it's not good I'm not crestfallen or out on him. It's just, look, he has not played a full season of football. Yep. He has not, like you say, really, other than injury, he hasn't really had any adversity on the football field.
2: Maybe the one game against the Seahawks on a Thursday night where you could tell he was hurt, but they protected okay, yeah. they protected him a ton. And he made he made the plays when he needed to make them. But and again as good know, as Seattle was, was last
1: year. Injury based. Yeah, that was you know that I think that had more to do with the ribs than yes. than anything else. So again, he is a you know a a, a young quarterback of first year, I guess we get like mean, what he's not a rookie, it's first year quarter he's sophomore season. Yes, um, this this was definitely not his best performance um at all. And even still he showed some Moxie coming out there and he made a couple of really good throws on that last drive. And Still ended up putting us in a position to win the football game. So as bad as it was, we can take that from it. If if we're looking for a silver lining, is that he played like ass for (laughs) most of the game, but then when it counted, he made the throws that he needed to make, um, which is a good thing. Um I came I I wanna be glass half full guy. Our defense played awesome. I mean we we I mean they they put up some yards, I guess. Um and I know he's their third quarterback, so I guess you could um talk about that part of it. And they I guess they they did run the ball pretty well, but I thought our defense played Well enough, definitely well enough to win the game, (laughs) you know. Um, It was, but it was hard to watch. This, you know, Fred Warner is the dude still. Um, I think our defense, Nick Bosa especially, had a really good game. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one, though, because even after as bad as it was, I still felt like, okay, we're going to be able to, we're going to walk out of here with a win. And yeah. it'll be a, whoo. And, um, <laughs> you know, we'll move on. So this is a tough loss to take. So uh,
2: Davis, a.k.a. Drip, has this thought. And I actually wanted to pivot to this because you mentioned Christian. Uh, I don't trust any quarterback in rainy game, so I'm more infuriated by the run game not being the main focus. So my answer to that is... I very much believe the run game was going to be the main focus until Christian got hurt. Mm-hmm. And when Christian got hurt, now you take away your Swiss Army knife on the football field. You've compared him to Steph Curry in his gravity. And Debo also gets hurt. Very similar Gravity and and Greg Olson even talked about it when Debo went out. So you took away your two players. We've talked about this idea of positionless football because of the interchangeability. And I, I feel like, and I hope somebody asks Shanahan in the press conference. I feel like having both of those guys out at the same time, Shanahan felt like a little strapped as far as the plays that he could actually call Ray Ray came into the game and it was pretty clear that he was trying to call some stuff for Ray Ray. And then Ray Ray like goes in motion in the wrong way. And then they get uh they get a delay game and Shanahan's pissed on the sideline. Like I thought, okay, this is an opportunity for Shanahan to figure this whole thing out. This was even before halftime and he's going to come out in the second half. And he's going to have some answers. And I almost saw, I almost looked at uh, Jim Schwartz on the other sideline, just in the like, the evil man who's just cackling. He's getting the 49ers back from when Harbaugh slapped him on the back when he was the head coach of the (laughs) Detroit Lions. And he's like, I, you know, I've been waiting for this all these years. But Schwartz, they, they had an answer to every single thing Shanahan tried. But you take away those two playmakers, and it was almost like, okay, now we can't do all of the things that makes us great. We just kind of have to line them up and and try to just block, and they couldn't do any of that. So I, I do wonder, like what was the what was plan B? Well, you know, maybe maybe if one of those guys is out, you're like, okay, we can deal with one of those guys. But there did not seem to be a great plan of attack. Uh, once both of those guys were out of the game because I think from the get-go it was going to be a Christian McCaffrey game you saw that first drive you know my, my wife's in the kitchen and I don't exactly she was you know maybe making some toast or something and I said you know come over here check this play out and it was the shovel pass on the first touchdown mm-hmm. and I was like I know Christian has only been with us for less than a year but that dude is one of the greatest football players I've ever seen in my life. I just, I'm just so amazed at how this guy plays football. And so you take away that, and then it was almost like, well, there went our game plan. Like, that's what we were going to do, and we couldn't do it. And then you see JP, and you're like, oh, JP looks a little feisty. But Shanahan went away from JP. He's, JP scores a touchdown. The Niners get the ball back uh, with a one-point lead. And, uh, and, and they just got to burn three minutes and he calls three straight plays. They get, uh, intentional grounding, uh, and then I think two incompletions and they punt and, and then basically the Cleveland can come, come down to kick the field goal. I was just like, man, you know, JP's not CMC, but he's got fresh legs. He looks like he's running hard. You know, the, that play, that little sweet play to the outside looked awesome for the touchdown why are we not putting the ball back in this dude's hands? And I don't know what it was, but that was just some weird play calling near the end there. And uh, I would love to hear what Shanahan's plan B once those guys were out of the game was.
1: Well, I think for me, at least I hope what one thing that this does just selfishly is it stops this, this chatter about how CMC should, We should limit his touches and this notion that like JP and Elijah Mitchell are like running back one A's Christian McCaffrey. Mitchell Mitchell looked really slow today. Come on, man. He is our, you know, I think our best football player right now on offense. And that's why we feed him the rock. And you, I mean, again, and look, you said, you know, it, JP looked good. You know, I think he averaged. You know, five yards a carry or something, but he's not CMC. Is he, he was? There, he was five. Yeah, he's five for twenty-seven. There is a huge drop off from CMC down to that next bat. Not, not as nut now. Again, like you said, I think one of our big, um, it was a huge loss that we him and Debo because I don't think there's much of a drop off between him and Debo. Um, if you're if in terms of putting the ball in somebody's hands and doing something with it after they get it, Debo is, is, um, is just as explosive as just about anybody in the league. But if you take them both off of the board, it, um, that, that's gotta be, uh, I, I'm sure he didn't spend Kyle didn't spend much time this week planning on, okay, now what, what happens if I don't have either one of these dudes, um, so, so yeah, Shelvin have- has an answer for us. Actually, our, 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 our third
2: man in the booth, Shelvin, he said Kyle said he didn't have a plan with losing Debo and CMC. I get it. Debo's Debo's been on the injured list pretty much for the last three or four weeks, right? So you have to kind of have a plan to lose him, and maybe that idea is well, we just slide Ray Ray into some mm-hmm. of these spots you know, maybe, maybe JJ plays in some of these uh, other opportunities. Mm-hmm. So you have to plan for him not being there. And it's not like Christian in the last couple years has been on the field for every single game. Like he has had moments where he, he has been hurt as well. So I don't like that answer. Now I understand the answer because you're only playing one week at a time and you can't predict these things, but you know, against this defense, knowing that your A squad was not going to run up and down on these guys and score 35 points. Like, we, like I, I very much felt that from the opening drive. Like, oh, like this this Cleveland Browns defense, as much as I have not watched them, they are as advertised as far as how tough they are. And, you know, it's funny. You know, we built up this Dallas game last week because that's obviously ca- Cowboys and Niners. It's, it's just the the rivalry, the historicness of that. And what we learned about that game is the Niners are just way tougher than the Cowboys. They mm-hmm. they they could play bully ball against the Cowboys and win pretty much every single time. It was gonna be the Cowboys athleticism and Dak coming through if they were to beat the Niners.
1: And Micah wrecking the game. Sure. Was gonna, yes, Micah absolutely. was gonna have to be a game wrecker for them to, you know, like three or four sacks cause uh, you know, turnover—that kind of thing was going to have to happen for the for the Cowboys. But what we learned in this game, it's it, it's 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 the Steven Ruiz game
2: for for the Brock Purdy naysayers. This is also the Mike Tyson game. You have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. Mm-hmm. The Niners got punched in the mouth, and I think they took a little bit of a step back. They were not as tough as Cleveland was now Cleveland's at home. We've all, we talked about this whole thing about the the time and all of those excuses that you want to make. But if you go pound for pound, who played the tougher football game? I thought the Browns defense was just a tad bit tougher. uh, And they made the 49ers offense kind of move. It's almost like, you know, you go mano a mano and it's like, who blinks first? I think Kyle blinked first. He's like, man, we're not going to be able to do all of these things, especially losing our guys. And man, you know, what did the Niners have? They had like 11 yards of total offense up until like midway through the fourth quarter. That's a lot of kudos to that Cleveland Browns defense, the toughness that they had. And I I do hope that it's one of those games where, uh, you know, you come out of it a little bit challenged, like, oh, we're maybe we're not as great as as everyone thought that we were, and we do have some things to shore up, and that's what I hope. You know, you you think of this in a, in a long season kind of way. Every forty nine er Super Bowl season, and and I'll bring up ninety four because uh, this is the moment everyone remembers, as they get boat raced in Philadelphia against the Eagles. They they're, they I think they lost that game by like thirty points. And George Seifert pulls out Steve Young, and Steve Young is having a hissy fit because he's like, oh, I'm being blamed now for the for us losing. And he's like, no, dude, we just don't want you to get hurt. But Steve Young is a competitor, you know, so mad. And coming out of that game, it was a little bit of a building block to go, we have all these guys. We can't just line up and beat everybody. We're, we're there. There is something else that we need. And that's what I hope comes out of this game because, you know, we w- – we watch them and we go, wow, you know, this might be one of the best teams that we've ever seen. That's secondary. It, it, they need to shore some things up in coverage. Uh, and we've been talking about this since the off season. That offensive line is not going to win any awards. It's it, it's it's going to be a cumulative group effort, but outside of Trent, they probably don't have a top 10 player in the league uh, on that line. So, you know, you come out of this game and you go, okay, these are the things that we're going to need to fix if we're going to be a Super Bowl team. And, you know, maybe they can do some of this through, through, through trading. Like they've been, you know, there's, there's talk of of them looking for another corner uh, in the trade market. Maybe there's talk about, you know, some offensive linemen. I don't even know who's available, but you know, they do spend money. They have capital. And if there is a season to go for it, you would think that it would
1: be this one to shore up their weaknesses. Yeah. I. The big takeaway for me was the fact that most teams can't run the ball on us. And, you know, they went 35 for 160 on us. And it just – it changes when a team can – when we have to pay attention or pay attention to stopping the run, it just changes – everything in our front seven and the way we're able, because our, I keep saying it and it's because it's true. Our entire defense is predicated on pressure. Mm -hmm. The pressure that we put on the quarterback, just it, it, you know, our defense just structurally, I, I don't even think it matters as much. I mean, I guess it, it does matter who the talent is back there. That does matter to say that doesn't is is ridiculous, but it is we are structurally set up that those dudes aren't supposed to be having to carry dudes down the field for three and four seconds. that's just not how we're built. we're not we're supposed to if we can just stay in phase for two and a half seconds, by that time that quarterback is supposed to be getting heated up and um he's supposed to be on the move or on his back. So if we, and when we do that, we're able to execute that. Our, our secondary does fine. In this game, we, I mean, they were, I, I can't remember the last time the 49ers had a team average almost five yards a carry running the ball. It, it, it just doesn't happen. And when it does, it it just changes things. So that's one thing. Um, I, so I don't know if that's just – I have to believe that's kind of just a, an anomaly because there are just aren't many teams I can think of. I think of this team with their offensive line, maybe the Eagles, maybe the Lions, and maybe the Chiefs. And that's about it as far as being able to kind of, you know – I don't want to even say manhandle because I don't think they manhandled this, but they were effective in yeah. – opening up holes. So that was an issue. And like you say, there are, we definitely don't have a whole lot of of depth in the secondary. I think, I think Debo, I know he gets a lot of heat, but I think Debo is a really good player. Um, Mooney is one of the best corners in the league. And then after that, you know, it's kind of a grab bag. You know, Thomas is, okay. I mean, he's fine. Um, Oliver seems to be kind of up and down. Um, It's just, it's so if we could, if there's somebody out there giving away corners, I, I, I just don't know who that is. You know, the, the whole scuttlebutt in, in Ninerland has been Patrick Satan, which doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, why, uh, the Denver Broncos going to be trading a 23 year old all pro corner on a rookie contract is it, I guarantee you one thing. It's not, it's not because they can't afford it. Yeah. This, this is the Walton family for people who don't know <laughs> right. they they don't have money problems. So I don't know who this corner is that um people are, are, you know, hot to try to get off of. I mean, if you got good corners that that's all over the world. They're hard to get. So if you've yep. got one, it has to be a really good reason for you to get off of them. like the Rams. Well, you're paying, if you, you know, you're going to be a shit team and you're paying um, my man, big mouth, all that money. <laughs> Why pay him all that money? If you know, you're not going to be very good. So, you know, you, you make a deal like that. So if there's somebody out there who's on a huge contract that, the team decides they're going in another direction and yeah but i i wasn't able to identify that when i was looking yesterday so i think and again i don't know like you talked about i yes that right side of the offensive line is going to continue to be a bugaboo and again that again the same argument Offensive linemen are hard to get. If you've got a good one, there has to be a pretty compelling reason why you're going to pull the plug and trade into to the 49ers. Because, you know, I know 49er fans find it hard to believe, but these other 31 teams are not our feeder teams. (laughs) And they're not just out here trying to make us better (laughs) because that's the thing to do. So, yeah, I think we're just going to have to... These dudes are going to have to you know, get better and, and be better. And I say this fully knowing that we were five and O just 60 minutes ago. So, I mean, it's not like the sky is falling necessarily, but we've been watching this long enough to do we, that. You know, I know that I'm talking I'm singing to the choir with you that we weren't drinking this Kool-Aid to just yeah. about to go 17 and zero exactly. And, um, you know, that the Super Bowl, they were already engraving our names on the the title trophy. This is just the ebbs and flow of a football season. Now, I fully expect that they will lick their wounds and we'll go into Minnesota next week and we will perform at a very high level. I do not expect Brock to be at 50% again. I don't expect him to be under the type of pressure he was under that I... I I just think this was a very unique test. All of those things that we talked about last week that, you know, some things that people talk about in terms of trends like we hadn't won in Cleveland since like 84. I think that's nonsense. None of these dudes were even born then. No, not at all. But that west coast to east coast early game thing as a better, I know that is a real thing. I mean, yeah. that statistically Everybody has a hard time doing that. That's why you know nine and a half or ten this week was just nonsense. You you can't bet that if you're a forty nine er fan. It just it just you know it's a that's a sucker bet. Um, Well, I I mean,
2: in my in our pickems, I I just pick the Niners every time. I I just.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but and, there's no money on that. Yeah, well, well very, very, it, very little,
2: it, little money. It's, it's bad juju. It's, just, it's just bad juju when I pick against them. So I'm like, nope. I, I'm just blindly always taking them, no matter what.
1: Yep. Yeah, but again, I, like you said, this is gonna be a therapy session. Let's buck up, y'all. This is not the end of the world. Yes. They were a good team. I watched Cleveland coming into the week. So I watched all of their games on that little 30 minute condensed. Deal on Airflow Plus. And you could tell that um, their offense is a mess without Watkins, but that defense is legit. So I knew that we weren't just going to, you know, I I think I even posted somewhere that that 30 point deal might be in jeopardy Um, because they're just, they're good. They're a good team, Um, good defensive team. And, you know, it came to pass. But I don't think that structurally that we are any different than we we come out of this. Well, I guess that depends on how severe those injuries to Debo and CMC were. You know, it seems like CMC was was trying to get back in and out of there. Yeah, they they put him in and he came in and I was like, oh, all right, we'll be fine. And then nope, he's gonna come out again. (laughs) Yeah, and I I know Debo kind of came in with a shoulder deal, so. You know, I don't know if we, you know, there's, we don't want, I, I don't want to speculate on that necessarily um, and whether or not, you know, he'll be available next week. But yeah, it, you know, that again, our team is a solid, it's a really is a good team. Not even solid. It's a really good team barring, but that's everybody barring injury. Um, Yeah. And so we'll see what happens with those guys, because they as clearly we saw today, they are um, integral to what it is that we're trying to do.
0: Say goodbye
2: All right, let, let's get this out of the way because I am absolutely 100% a Robbie Gold truther historically. And Jake Moody, uh, he missed one field goal uh, early in the game. What was it about? A, was it a 50-yarder? It was
1: a 50-yarder. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and you know, he's got the big leg. He They, they believed that his big leg would be of benefit to them, not only on field goals, but also on kickoffs. Robbie Gold historically is, you know, he, he doesn't have that giant of a leg. But he's very consistent, you know, in where you, if you have a good offense, you don't need to be kicking 55-yard field mm-hmm. goals. Uh,
1: and so he missed that one early on, and then game on and the line. We have to note, though, that they said, you know, there was wind, and with the weather, even at pregame, he was only kicking it out to like 53. So it wasn't, he was, it wasn't the conditions didn't allow him to boom it the way he normally does. So that being said, and then they get to
2: manageable field goal territory to come back and win the game. And he just pushes it a little bit to the right. Uh, We also, yeah. And I think a lot of Fortnite fans felt this way early in the, in the, you know after the draft we were like okay well this means that you know Robbie is gone and they're going with this rookie you know you you get down to big games when you need big kicks this guy has not te- been tested and, and and Robbie is game tested Robbie is playoff tested Robbie is super bowl tested and they still they needed the it, to them i think you know they needed the money that it would have taken to sign Robbie to maybe bring in Sam Darnold or maybe, you know, bring in some of the depth. And this is a game where if you have Robbie, you probably win this game. Now, that is not to say that, you know, Moody is awful or, you know, I mean, I, I may have tweeted something out like, you know, bring back Robbie, but that's just because I'm just a Robbie guy. Like, that's my guy. So, you know, I, are you worried at all that this could be an issue, especially when we get near the playoffs?
1: I'm a nerd, you know, so the thing that that bothers me even more so because if you're gonna make the case of going well- well they did they made they they decided to draft him in the third round, but if you're gonna do that, I think you do it more so. The money, of course, probably is one, but then for me. One a is if we're being honest, Robbie was horrible kicking the ball. Off. Oh my gosh! Um, and making Mitch was having to do some of these but, kickoffs. <laughs> but you you live with that because he's never missed a postseason kick. So yeah. if you're gonna make that trade off, I take that every time. But that's what's been kind of disappointing to me is that Moody hasn't been great kicking the ball off. Yeah. So I mean. He's a rookie, so we gotta, you know, all at this point the die has been cast. <laughs> so all we can do is just root for him and hope that he. Um, well, I guess I guess nobody signed Robbie, so technically, yeah, he, yeah. and we've got forty million dollars the salary cap room. So I mean, I guess theoretically, you know, we could pay Robbie still. But um, and it wouldn't be as much, you know. What's yeah? What's five million dollars prorated over yeah, yeah, eleven weeks? <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah. It's th- it is concerning. It's concerning that you know that has always been my concern is that we would get down to a time when he needed to make a big kick, and he's never been in a position. Don't and don't you tell me about Michigan versus (laughs) Northwestern. I don't want to hear about. Don't don't you do it? You know, so he's never been in a big spot, and yeah, yeah. he's he's officially zero for one now. Yeah, you you know, one and zero now. Meaningful
2: situation. Yeah,
1: so absolutely, you know that. So it, you know, it is it is a concern, definitely. I, I think. I'm going
2: to I'm I'm going to take this one 49er fans. Th- this is my fault. <laughs> I said on this very show last week that the one thing the 49ers don't do is beat themselves. Now they have been there have been really good 49er teams that were a little overly aggressive and they would get these penalties and you know maybe the the the, the play clock management wasn't the greatest and you're taking these delay of games but the but my favorite thing about this team through 5-0 and so far, very few penalties, very few unforced errors, no turnovers, and then we get to this game, and they have double-digit penalties. Now, we can talk a little bit about the officiating here, too, because the penalty that is probably the one that loses them the game is Deshaun Gibson getting flagged for a, a personal foul for a hit that was high. Now, this officiating crew had major issues all game long. They did not know what was going on in, in a lot of this game. It was almost like it was just too too physical for them. They're like, "What? Is football still played like this? Not just throw fifty times." Um, and so Gibson gets flagged for this play, which was uh, absolutely not a penalty based on the letter of the mm-hmm. law uh, mm-hmm. or the rule. And that allows the Browns to uh, to go ahead and kick that field goal. But there was a lot of bad penalties. Once uh, CMC and Debo went out, you saw Trent and, and Ray Ray run into each other on a screen that, you know, who knows? May, maybe if that play is, is run perfectly, maybe Ray Ray takes that 15, 20 yards. But the Brock stuff where, you know, the wet ball and. You know, he's, he's doing a rollout, and he's expecting the clean rollout, and he's like, oh, nope, <laughs> i got to intentional ground this thing a bunch of different times, and, you know, maybe late in the game when the clock is not on our side, maybe we take that sack instead of the intentional grounding where you lose the down and you get penalized. So there were just so many unforced errors, and in some cases, forced errors, just the pressure of that defense. And that is something that, you know, if you're a coach, and you're trying to to find what is the thing that I can just like just harp on, harp on, harp on. You can't harp on the effort. The effort was there. Um, you know there are other parts of the game where they where they just got outplayed. And if you're harping on that, then you're kind of being unfair. Shanahan can harp on all these damn penalties, well, these mistakes, and that could be the coaching moment of
1: the week. And I think the mistakes for sure. But for the penalties, I don't even think because like. I a lot of them were questionable, but I will say, as a coach and a coaching point, what you have to say is you have to stress to your players you have to understand the circumstance and what has been happening on the field today. And the Niners twelve for one hundred and five, Cleveland thirteen for one nineteen. So clearly, they were flag happy today. Yes. So you so at a certain point you have to recognize what's happening. And I, I hear, you know, NBA people talk about that. You have to realize how the game is being officiated and you have to adjust your yeah. play yeah. to how the game is being called. Um, So this is a game where clearly 20, they threw 25 flags. So you can't, you know, and again, I don't know, you know, somebody like Tashaun Gibson, I don't know how in that moment he governs himself differently because I don't, he, he didn't do anything wrong, but. And, and what his instinct was,
2: was this dude is, if he makes this catch, I need to make sure it is short of the first down. And that was what that hit was. And so he's hitting the guy as if he's going to catch the football and. Hit that, that was and the it was, putt, was to it was stop like a, him
1: from getting a first down. And it was clean. He didn't hit him above the head. I mean, it, you know, he didn't target him. So, I mean, again, I think that's one that when we go back, and I don't think he's going to catch any real grief, you know, because I don't think he did anything wrong. It was a bad call. But, again, I, I just think as a coach, what you stress is you guys just have to know what's going on out there, and they're calling it tight today. So you know, be extra careful, you know, did and- you, what did you take of Shanahan
2: being a little bit more demonstrative than he usually is on the sidelines? Uh, you know, he, he, he will get upset, especially at the referees. If he thinks that there's a injustice happening, but when the offensive, you know, the one thing about this Brock run is that he and Shanahan have been so in sync that, one of the things that people say about Brock is that Brock is just running the Shanahan game plan and Shanahan gets guys open and he just has to make the right read and boom, 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 boom. But there seemed to be a little frustration with Shanahan and the offense today that you have, that we haven't seen with, uh, you know, you'd have to go back to maybe the, uh, the Brian Hoyer and
1: CJ Bethard days for Shanahan to be this mad at the offense. It's there. And I think if you, ask my opinion is there aren't very many times where Kyle doesn't have answers. And there were times where it just seemed he did not have answers. And they talked about it on the broadcast. Olsen talked about how how Schwartz seemed to have for everything the 49ers 49ers, um, planned to do. He had an answer for it. And there were times where it just seemed like Kyle didn't really know what to call because we just weren't We weren't able to execute, um, you know, because there were times when he got Brock looks and Brock just, you know, for whatever reason today just wasn't his day. He wasn't, you know, which in that's something that we just simply haven't seen from him is it, there were just throws where he just flat missed. Here's a question for you. We know
2: Brock loves throwing over the middle on those timing routes, those little posts, the uh, where he does not have to put a lot of air on the ball, a lot of those shots that he missed were towards the sidelines, it was to the outside, and that's where you saw some of the fluttering, some of the ball like just being way off. And some of it was him having to throw earlier than he wanted, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be another thing that some of these defenses take away from this game is exactly. like you know if we if we force them to the outside Brock is just not as good but then again if you have Debo if you have CMC you you probably can still can still throw to the inside it's just, I, I, you know it's just you know having JJ and Ray-Ray in there more I didn't see did uh did, did my guy
1: uh BBD Ronnie Bell did he play I even think today he got a couple of snaps he he's in the he's in the box score um He's in the box. I don't think he got any attempts though. But I saw him. He's in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know Kittle. Oh no, won- no, he wasn't.
2: He didn't get anything. I so. saw. I saw D- Dwellie and Debo had a target. Kittle had two targets, and uh, you know a lot of people are like, and even Greg Olson said this. You know, you need to unlock Kittle, and I'm like, it would be great but they kind of need him to block exactly exactly you know without him blocking then it's just it's almost like a free for all uh and you know you know what i was hoping was going to happen because the one thing early in the game especially early in the game cleveland's defense was so aggressive i thought okay you can set them up later in the game because they're going to be overly aggressive on one thing and then there may be some shots you know later in the game and that didn't happen they like I thought okay draw game screen game is going to be there because of how aggressive their their pass rush was and it wasn't there at all they couldn't do anything you know in, in beating that and I also thought and this is what I wanted to ask you about I thought some uh Brock Purdy quarterback draws to kind of keep the defense a little bit honest would have been helpful. And it may be, if you do it a couple times, maybe they got to keep a spy on him. But they didn't do that either. And this goes back to what we talked about in the preseason where they seemingly don't want him to run at
1: all. Mm -mm, mm -mm. I don't think they want to take the risk, Um, which I guess long-term is a prudent thing, but it definitely it um, puts a governor on your offense not having it. And again, like I said, this way back in preseason, and it is is been is come to fruition, the fact that CMC in the past game is is a cheat code. And yep. when you just need, when you need a win, you need to give Brock something that makes him feel good. That little dump off or a little screen or a little check down to CMC is just something that... Um, that you can cling to it. I just don't think you can do that with um, JP or Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I, I don't think that they are that type of back. Um, I don't think, I don't even know that we really have another pass catching back on the roster like that. There's not Debo. I mean, I guess you could, <laughs> he would be our second best pass catching back. Um, so you, it again, it, it was just, you know, it, it, it just, um magnifies the fact that you know how big a loss that is how big a part of what uh you know the whole success of this team has been since he has gotten here how much of that is you know directly related to his play um and speaking of cmc when i say he
2: do you think now the schedule upcoming minnesota minnesota beats uh a bad Bears team. I think Justin Fields even went out of that game. I don't know if he, I don't know if he came back in. Um, They have other teams kind of on the docket who, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, maybe in the preseason, you would have thought they were a little bit more of a juggernaut than, than they are like the Bengals. I know the Bengals, did they squeak out a, a, a win against uh, Seattle? Yeah. They squeaked out a win against Seattle today. Uh, you got Jacksonville coming up on the schedule. You have the Bucks, who are probably playing a little bit better than we would have thought. You know, a little bit of that Baker Mayfield moxie. And then we get the, the Seahawks and the Eagles. And, you know, I look at what team might be able to duplicate a little bit of what Cleveland did. Uh, you know, who can play tight? Who can play tough with the Niners? I think Seattle can probably do a little bit of that. Obviously, Philadelphia will be able to do a little bit of that. But I do think, like you said, uh for next Monday, the Vikings are almost like the perfect antidote for us uh to to be able to have a strong game like that. Cause they're not, you know, they're they're not that kind of physical team that, that is gonna, you know, kind of take advantage of what the Browns did. So that might be a helpful game coming up. But we do have Seattle, we do have the Eagles coming up, and I think they will look at this game and go. Huh. We learned a lot about what we could possibly do to slow down this fantastic offense. So, um that I I've I've been circling that Philadelphia game all year long just because you know, until you beat those guys, I don't think you can be the
1: best team in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah, I I just any of those teams that can, you know, in Philadelphia is chief among them, that can making you know if you're a team that can you know win the time of possession battle versus us like Cleveland did today um it's 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 different it's just when you can run the ball it just changes the way that we play um in in a negative way i believe and so yeah i it, it's I think I guess Justin Jefferson, no Justin Jefferson next week. No. Um so I think that is a good come not that you're looking past them but no. just I think it's a good um it, it 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 will be a good um bounce back performance for us and then you know then we get back home and I just I I think this is going to be a good thing they're, they're I believe they're going to be on the road um, so that they, they will um be able to um lick their wounds together and hopefully, you know, bond over this loss and come out on the other side of this. You know, I this is always kind of feel like a mini buy to me when they when you, you know, you have the long I mean, I know it's, I guess it's just a day, but still. Um you're on the road you're staying away from your facility and then you've got that Monday night game. I just, I think this is, you know, I think it's going to be good for us. I think hopefully in the, in the long run. What What do you think about Debo's injury? Uh, he,
2: it's kind of hard because football is a week to week sport. So every game is kind of a big game. Uh, and you just, I, I worry about these lingering injuries like um, Drake Greenlaw, he missed today. And I think it's a, is it a hammy that he has? It's some, it's either a hammy or growing one of those. Those And, and those are, gear. those are things that just stick around, you know, Slinger. like, mm-hmm. like ugly luggage. Like you just don't get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and for Debo, you know, just, he's always, always dinged up. So you kind of wonder if they, you know, this isn't the NBA, this, you, you're not load managing guys in the NFL, but you do wonder if you know you go hey we just gotta figure we just got to get this guy some rest so that he can heal so that he can be back uh, I I do wonder about that with Debo you you may have to try and find some time you know because their their bye week isn't for because the, they go at Minnesota and then they come home for the Bengals oh, okay then they have a bye week after the Bengals so maybe maybe that is the time that that he can actually heal up a little bit but yeah, that that's the worry, right? Is if Debo is this important to this offense, keeping him as fresh as possible is, is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, so Davis, AKA Drip, will be at the game. And he says, Never been scared of Kirk Cousins. You are not lying. Mm-hmm. Not scared of Kirk Cousins at all. Um, but still, uh, you know, overlooking the Vikings, that's not something that I'm going to do. But when I think about it, I go, We can beat that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, I do think that they will win next week. Um, okay. Let's get to the end of this. Who was your MVP for the Niners? Who was your player of the game? Fred again. Yeah, I mean, me too. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely, it's Pretty easy. Um, yeah. He's just, he is a monster, um, a game wrecker. Um, yeah. He's, it wasn't even this week. It really wasn't even close. I, you know, I, Thought about Nick for a little bit, but no, it was him. And there was really, I guess, if you wanted to break it up and try to do an offensive, I guess you could do IU. But, yeah, it really... Christian was was
2: the most important player offensively for the 49ers, and he played, like, what, a quarter and a half or something like that, or two quarters? And still, uh, by the end of the game, he was still the most important offensive player based on what he did. Yeah, I, I will say... uh. Got to give a little love to Randy, uh, Randy Gregory for his first sack as a 49er. I, I just a lightning bolt hit, and I was like, what How did they get in so quickly?" And it was Randy Gregory. Um, and, and so, shout out to Randy Gregory. He he got his first sack as a Niner. You said you mentioned Bosa, Bosa with probably the the biggest play in the game uh, that wasn't a turnover. Uh Dima, I, you know, Demo his interception was very important, but you know, he's all he also slipped a couple times and then he got hurt. Um he, you know uh I guess it was uh was it Toomer? Who was who was is that who had the big game for them? Yeah uh Amani Toomer. Oh no, I'm sorry. Let Amani, me, uh, Amani uh, Coop, Amari Cooper Amari Cooper.
1: Amari Cooper, yeah.
2: I, I went back uh, I went back a decade. <laughs> uh Amari Cooper, you know, that was that was with Demo uh, in, in, in coverage. So I, you know, I think he had an up and down game though. Overall, I thought he played okay that Cooper just made a couple of really great plays at at the same time.
1: That's crazy. I didn't, I'm just looking at it now. I don't know how many, how many snaps he played, but Gregory had a sack two tackles for loss and three quarterback hits. That's a lot of production for um, somebody who I don't think he started um i you know i don't be looking at the defensive line like that but i i can't imagine i thought it was Farrow was who started but yeah i don't know how many snaps he played but that's that's a hell of a lot of production um but i mean it wasn't like he was like on the street he was in you know in a uh nfl facility but yeah that's a great first game uh and then
2: uh I keep sharing uh davis's quotes this one made me laugh Fred without Dre didn't look right. It's like the Usos being separated. That's a WWE. <laughs> re- That's a WWE <laughs> reference, by the way. My guys, yeah. Jimmy and Jay Uso. Uh sons yeah. of Rikishi. People will remember Rikishi. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. So uh looking forward to next week. Um is there anything we didn't cover? And you know, I mean, we can circle, we can kind of circle back a little bit. I think a lot of the fixes for the offense will just be based on the health, right? Like if, if CMC and Debo are healthy, that just changes the game so much. And if they aren't, then you got to figure out, you know, how to get these other guys involved, you know, Ronnie Bell, one of them, maybe he has, he's a, a bigger part of the offense because it, it does seem like uh Juwan Jennings is specific. Like they have him for specific opportunities you know, on third down and you, you hit this dude is not going to be running the same routes as as someone like Debo. So maybe Ronnie Bell gets a little bit more action. Uh, and then, you know, it we we did over the off season. you know, it was really about uh, Davis Price and Mason working on their receiving, uh, you know, skill set. So, if CMC is is out, then that is something because you don't want to take that aspect of the game away and all of a sudden you just become predictable with, with your RB position. So hopefully they they can dial up plays that may not be as great as when CMC is there, but you know, these guys are gonna to need to be able to catch
1: the ball as, as well because you can't just change the offense. And it is, I just hope that um it's just a matter of working himself back into it because Elijah Mitchell did not look very good today. So, this looks slow.
2: This looks yeah. this looked very predictable when and and okay here here's something else I, I just thought about that I wanted to talk to you about. I felt like based on the personnel that was in the game, Schwartz knew what was coming. Yeah. Every time they brought Ray Ray in and they put him in a certain position, they're like, oh okay we know what's coming. Now they still they still got the jet sweep working so that was a nice little surprise but the second you put elijah mitchell in you know what's coming yeah you're not putting him in to run some creative play for him to get a pass out of the backfield you're putting him in to run him up the gut and so the personnel aspect of this game also i thought shanahan kind of gave away what was coming a lot based off of who was who he was bringing into the game so that is something you know. I, I wanted to see a little bit more trickery, like oh, you got you got Mitchell in the game. Well, we're actually setting this up to be some sort of you know screen to kittle that 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 you would not be able to telegraph by having Mitchell in, and they just didn't. They tried to run you know plays that they were running with the best personnel they had, but I think Schwartz just was not. He's just like, okay, we know what's coming. Here here we go.
1: We're we're bringing it, and and that was some of it as well. Yeah. And they're just they they are a good defense front to back their front is really good and they're their, their second i mean they just solid players all around so um yeah like you say if you're if you're tipping and they are they're keyed in on what you're going to do it's going to make it for a, it's going to make for a, a long day and it just goes back to when you have Christian and Debo, you don't it's tip just, anything because you can mm-mm. run every possible play that you want every, with those guys. Yeah, it, it, so. it's just it just it makes such a big difference. So hopefully we can get both of those guys back, and at least one of them, because um, I think two of them is just it's you know it's a bridge too far, especially in game. I mean, yeah. it's not like he was again. I I you know. I guess you could be critical of them, but I don't know how much, I mean, so then how much time do you spend during the week planning for not having both of them? I I don't, I don't know how, how that works, but yeah, it, um, I guess going into this week, you, I guess you have to spend some time because I guess it's a possibility that you don't have any of them, but then again, like you say, maybe that um, makes an opportunity for other guys to be kind of worked into, if not the game plan, per se, just into the, the sphere of the offense, you know, like a Ronnie Bell or TDP and those other guys, maybe you get the, get those backs on the jugs gun. You know, <laughs> on catching and I, ball and I guarantee it. you,
2: George Kittle's not going to have one catch for one yard next week. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they will figure that, that part out. Uh, all right. So you and I will be back Monday night after 49ers Vikings. Uh, Brad and I will be back tomorrow on YouTube our normal sort of 5, 5.30-ish time frame for Thompson and Clark. We'll talk about the update with the Giants. They they need to find a new manager, but also the uh, ALCS starts tonight, Sunday night. So we'll have uh, some thoughts about that game and baseball. And then I don't know if you're watching this Warriors preseason, man, but these preseason games are good friggin' basketball. I'm like, this is not that different from the normal product. These games are fun. The Warriors uh, played the Lakers. A couple of times already they play the Kings tonight and I I forget I think they may have the Kings one more time um, this week and then Brian and I will be back on Thursday on YouTube. Obviously all of those shows that we do on YouTube they get uploaded that evening into the BSPN audio feed so we're gonna have a lot of stuff going on uh, and uh, yeah we'll be back Monday night for this show after Vikings and I, I do think the Niners are gonna bounce back. I yeah we have to be real. You know, we are fans, but you know I, I, we can't we have to be realistic about what happened as well. There's, there, there's no good, you know, if you want the 49ers uh the, the, the Tim Ryan 49 erscom dot com podcast that's not what we're gonna do. Uh you know we're gonna we're gonna tell it like it is because that that's I think that's where you get the most understanding about what happens is just by trying uh, your best to be uh, as realistic and unbiased about what happened on the field. And that's what we try to do. So hopefully we did a good job. Hopefully fans got a little bit of therapy, feel a little bit better coming out of this game because yeah, there's a lot of factors, many factors about why they lost, but ultimately the only thing that counts is is the loss, the loss and loss column. And now, you know, maybe some of these other teams will be uh, built up to, to tear down, Brock Purdy fans, do not bite. Don't do it. Take a week off of Twitter. Just don't go read in Stephen Ruiz's uh, ringer quarterback ratings. Just, just, just wait till next week and Brock will bounce back and you'll, you'll feel better about his performance. Uh, all right. So for Rod, I'm Double G. We will see you next week. Peace out.